sports betting, this at some point, Brett, this is going to be legal. We were just talking about it on Wednesday's show that you'll be able to do it in stadiums and you'll be able to do, I mean, watching ESPN college football coverage over the weekend, they kind of toe the line of, yeah, this is college, but here's the line for the game flat out. When, when are we looking at legalized sports betting in America? Well, there's a little bit to unpack there, but let me start with uh, the when. It's I think it's going to be in the next uh, one to to three years. The, the biggest best best chance for for it to become legalized in the U.S., at least in the state of New Jersey, is via the Supreme Court. Now, New Jersey has a well, they've had a 10-year quest against the leagues, and uh, the case, like I said, is reaching the Supreme Court. And if they prevail. Uh, those oral arguments will be sometime in the fall or early next year. The decision should come in the middle of 2018. Uh, now, if they prevail, then New Jersey will be the first to to jump at it. And then there's a lot of other states that have legislation teed up. So, you know, it could just be toward the end of next year, uh, maybe the beginning of 2019. It depends on your state a bit. So it'll kind of be like the legalization of marijuana, maybe, where some some states say yes, and then some governors are against it, and we might be on a state-by-state basis here before everybody finally says yes? Absolutely. I mean, these these measures will be on the ballot, just like they have them for marijuana. You know, there's a lot of states that have it medicinally. You know, recreationally, it's uh, Washington, Massachusetts, Colorado. So, yeah, those, those ballot measures have come up, and people will vote, and legislators hopefully will act according to the people's will. What would be, or what has been, do you think, as far as the leagues go, the the NFL, NBA, MLB, what's been their biggest reason for this not to be legal? Because when you look at it objectively, there's a lot of ways that not only they can profit off of it, but it would create even more interest in the game. I think that they they can walk the line and say, well, you know, we don't want to be responsible if somebody takes it too far or you have the Pete Rose situation. You never want to see that. But I think those cases are are maybe few and far between that overall leagues, I would think, would want this to be passed. Absolutely. And I, I think if you asked them off the record or gave a truth theorem, they would admit that they know that it is beneficial to increase TV ratings, which has been a concern, but the main reason that uh, it's not been is, in a nutshell, the integrity of the game, and that's that's a phrase that you can trace back to the first commissioner in sports, Kennesaw Mountain Landis, uh, who was put in that position after the Black Sox scandal, and that that's a phrase that Paul Tagliabue, former NFL commissioner, used in 1992 when the, this this law, ASPA, that banned sports betting outside of Nevada. He used that, and uh, I mean, that torch has been carried now by Roger Goodell, and we agree, and probably most of your listeners, that it's hypocritical, uh, especially in light of, you know, the upcoming moves to Las Vegas. So I think that that argument is crumbling down, and that's why we're seeing more movement. It's just so weird the last couple of years watching how quickly, and maybe too quickly, the leagues were to embrace the daily fantasy sites like FanDuel, DraftKings, and the other ones that have come and gone with all the ads and all the the merchandise everywhere and the the signs in the stadium and you know they tell their players they can't play it but these guys are in fantasy leagues you know it's just it seems like that was the sign for me that 
Yeah, they want it, but they just they have to again, as we've been talking, kind of toe that line. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's one of the major driving forces here as well. I mean, you got you got Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones, two maybe the, the two most prominent owners in the NFL are are personally invested in these entities, and you know the DFS. I if people want to play, that's good, but it's definitely gambling. I mean, they found a loophole in a 2006 law that uh, differentiates between skill and and wagering, but uh, I think most rational people would agree that it is gambling. I mean, I lost several grand one summer. <laughs> I mean, I didn't lose that from from uh, from skill. I lost that from betting money to try to win more money. Uh, on daily fantasy sports, and it's just that one little—is that what you're saying? It's just that one, that one little loophole that makes that legal because everybody does it and promotes it. Right? Yeah, they they found a loophole. It was a 2006 law that I think was aimed at uh, preventing financial institutions from enabling betting with offshores. Just the la- the language of it, the UEIGA or uh, I forget how it's pronounced, but yeah, that's that's the law, and they later exploited it uh, in the ensuing years and continue to do so. Uh, but the states have found a way to make some some money off it, and I and I think that's going to happen with sports betting. Brett Smiley here on the Wings Things podcast, one hundred five seven FM, the You look overseas. I'm a big soccer guy, and I, the West Ham is the team that I like, and they've got Betway right on their jersey. They've got they've got places in the stadium where you can. You can bet on the games if this and when this is adapted in the United States that you can bet on games. How much is the fan experience going to be different for people that want to bet? I, I would assume you could go to the major sites then and place bets. There'd be kiosks set up in stadiums. Are these the kind of things that we'll see? It was my understanding that in Europe, they, they turned off the kiosks once the games began. Um Maybe you've read differently than I have. I, I think they're grappling with that now in Las Vegas, deciding whether they want to allow, you know, those mobile apps that Las Vegas has put out uh, inside the stadium. Um, I mean, that'll certainly change the experience a bit. But but ultimately, you know, people will be able to bet through a legal entity that is operated by the state and, you know, should be licensed and has greater integrity than some of the means they're using now, which is offshores, which are outside of U.S. jurisdiction, and uh, maybe some local bookies who aren't exactly reputable. Now, at some point, uh, I mean, once this is legal, and they can do everything uh, against it, but there will be an athlete that, that that plays. There will be a coach or somebody or a equipment manager that, that puts money down. How do you prevent that from happening if you can? A database of names that uh, can be shared interstate between books and just control that. I mean, right now we could very well be having athletes and coaches and trainers making these same wagers completely outside of uh, the purview of, of U.S. law, you know, just using an offshore account where, that, where frankly, they don't really care. So I, I think uh, if this comes, you know, within the U.S. and and is regulated and line movements are monitored, there's a greater chance that we could catch some sort of scheme going on like that. It's just weird. It's weird to me how we, as a society, will cross a line and just say something's acceptable or not. Like, you're you're seeing it happen with marijuana, as I said, and 
You've seen it happen with marriage equality over the years. And the example that I'll use for sports is alcohol. I mean, during a game, you're inundated with with commercials for beer and all this other different stuff. And there's restaurants that say, come here and, and drink our beer and enjoy our wings and then have a lot of beer here. And then you got, you know, you got to drive home or you got to drive home from your buddies. With alcohol, I don't ever hear the NFL being worried that because of them, because of their promotions, because people are drinking during the games, I don't ever hear them saying, well, we don't want to be responsible when something like that happens. But I don't know when that line will cross because if if a guy spends a bunch of money betting on a game and then you know he spirals out of control because of that, the league doesn't want to be responsible for that. But is it not hypocritical when you see it with, with alcohol? It's definitely hypocritical because with the uh, I mean with the sports game they're talking about the integrity of the game, but if you want to talk about the in-stadium experience, I mean I've been to enough games I'm sure you have that the number one cause of fights and uh, people spilling beer and and any violence and arguments in bathrooms is alcohol. People just getting hammered, not knowing their limits or not caring, you know, in the tailgates or inside the stadium, but they're okay with that because that's their big money sponsor and the the alcohol entities. So. The NFL is definitely accustomed to holding hypocritical positions, and they won't even allow some athletes. I think Richard Sherman pointed this out to to uh, be sponsors for for any alcohol entity. So it's just the level of hypocrisy is high. Right, Charles Woodson, who we're familiar with here, had had a vineyard and a wine that he couldn't really start promoting until he retired. And so it, there is a big level of hypocrisy on that one. They'll let you hawk anything, but. They can't be in a like a Budweiser or a Miller Lite commercial. Very interesting. So you would say that one to two, three years, you'll be able to legally bet at least in a couple of states. Or when when are we looking nationwide? Do you think in your crystal ball? Well, people who who are really interested and want to stay on top of this, check out our website sportshandle.com. We are closely monitoring the uh, the Supreme Court case. It's uh, it's kind of a Super Bowl of sports betting in the courts. Uh, and they just released their briefs the other day and they're, they're pretty compelling. Uh, that, that case will be heard or, or arguments. It's on the October term. So that means the arguments will be sometime November, December, January. Uh, I don't think later than February. And then we'll get a decision no later than June. And that will determine effectively whether this 1990, 1992 law passed is constitutional or not. If it's, deemed unconstitutional then that opens the door and new jersey would implement it first in atlantic city and other racetracks and then there's a lot of states that are ready to go to um connecticut for example california has proposed a constitutional amendment uh, mississippi so all over the country sportshandle.com is the website Uh, i have to ask can you bet on the Supreme Court decision anywhere? It's funny. I uh, I had a conversation with the, with the site the other day <laughs> that does put out uh, lines such as this. It's possible that in, in European sports books you can bet on it. Uh, <laughs> maybe some of the other uh, more popular offshores. But since we're on the topic, I'm going to go and set a line. After reading those briefs the other day, pretty good. I would say it's minus 200 that New Jersey wins. 